Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Before we go ahead and jump into today's show, I want to go ahead and remind you, the coffee you're drinking, it probably sucks. If it's not Fox and Sons, that is. That's right. Our good friend Stephen Fox is bringing to you the best brews this side of the Mississippi. Go ahead and grab your Brazilian honey blend, my favorite. My wife is really into the Tanzania Peaberry. We went ahead and had the electric boogaloo, if you like a dark roast. All this coffee is delicious. And I'm telling you, I've cut out energy drinks. I've cut out sodas. I don't really even have to add much of anything to these. In fact, I don't. I used to be a big uh, creamer person. I mean, my coffee used to be more milk from coffee. It was like coffee flavored milk. But when you want something that actually will not only wake you up, but tastes delicious, it's good as a cold brew. It's good if you just drink it hot. You got to go ahead and hit up our boy, Stephen, over at foxandsons.com. That's F-O-X-N-S-O-N-S, foxandsons.com. And because I'm a man of the people, let me go ahead and remind you, use the code SECONDPRINTPOD to save 15% off any order of $25 or more, helping you stay caffeinated, hibernated. I don't think that last one's a word, but you're going to feel so good. With that in your cup, you're going to be like me and end up having two cups throughout the day, one before work and one after work because you know when you're an adult, you have to do adult things and adult things have have coffee involved. So if you're a grown-up person, adult man, tax-paying, responsible citizen, you need some Fox & Sons in your life. So foxandsons.com, use code SECONDPRINTPOD, save money, drink coffee, read comics, change the world. Sure, I do like to show your opinions, talking big like somebody's listening. Nobody's listening. It's so fun and games until it doesn't toss me out. I'll hit the ignition. Are you listening? Second Print Comics Podcast presents the Degenerate Panel! Welcome back to SPC Pop! Got a little little extra something something for you this week. We've got SPC's degenerate panel. That's right. The patrons get to see him pretty regularly, both metaphorically and literally. Typically we only put the video version behind the paywall. Good old Mark is doing Florida Man shit. And when Florida Man shit calls, when the Florida Man signal goes up, Florida Man must abide. So this week what we're doing is we've got the degenerate panel here. We have not producer. Tonight, producer Derek, Manning, stories and clips. We've got Maru Sean, 
of the military industrial complex, so many things. We've just decided to just, just morph everything together like a, like a Sean Megazord. And we've got one quarter Persian set. We'll be covering all the stories from the week and more that you might not have known about and stuff you want to scream about all here on SPC Pop. Go ahead and see how the panel is doing right to left, left to right, up to down, however you're viewing this. Listening to, listeners don't even care. Uh, not producer Derek. Your, do- your dog's sitting tonight. Do we have to worry about your dog jumping and, like, biting your headset or anything? No, no, he's a good boy. He doesn't do any of that. Um, it's my sister's dog. She's just He's just hanging out. He may show up during the show. He may not. It's up to him. <laughs> does, your, does your sister's dog like your sister? Yeah. No, he's great. Do you think he's he'd like, be happy? Do you think he'd be happier with you? No, he he loves Nicole very much. Do you think he could change that? He loves me too, but he loves to like. There's no replacing mom in that equation, not at all. You, you sure about that? <laughs> You're I, I'm sure. Human. <laughs> I, I I'm second place. She is first. Okay. Like, well, <laughs> we could always use a mascot. Hint, hint. Uh, Sean, you moved into your new place. And you got a 20, what was it, a 20-foot truck for a bunk, for, for like what, a futon? How's that going? <laughs> Not for a futon, a few more a few more things than a futon. I mean, a footrest but, and a futon. But it's all going good. We had, we've only broken one thing, and I've only gotten yelled at twice. So I think Have you, have you ever good. driven a truck like that before? Truck, no. Tractor, yes. The first time I, I I've never driven a twenty foot one, but I rode shotgun with a buddy who was moving from Alexandria to um, Arlington one time, and he had never driven one. So we load up his truck from one apartment to the other, and as we're driving, um, I mean it's that like midday Saturday Nova traffic. It was already scary. One I didn't realize, and I should have known this. They don't have rearview mirrors why because they're moving trucks so first i'm like oh yeah you know i wonder how that is and then i'm looking around and i'm like this thing looks like it's been driven by like hobos and serial killers and stuff i don't know why people still continue to rent these but then we're on the road and it's like every korean driver in the northern virginia area decides to come out so immediately i'm just like praying i'm just like this is this is terrifying and he's not talking he's sweating and I'm just like, I'm not going to talk to him or anything. I tried for a moment and he was just like really short with me. And then when we get there, the dude looks like pale white. And at that point, I was just like, this would be so much easier if we just got Mexicans to to do the moving for us. Because this yeah. was not worth the the fear and the moments in which we, we thought we were going to like hit the back of uh, – several cars and cause like a chain reaction explosion like in movies i'm i'm not about that <laughs> yeah it, it it was tough getting it out of the u-haul parking lot but hey that's not my deal once once i'm out of there mm. Mm. i feel you i feel you at least you got the insurance on it one quarter persian zed you've been absent doing zed things the last couple episodes how is life Oh, life's pretty good, RJ. I just been busy with bit, uh, family stuff, and also uh, my parents are selling their old home, so I've been helping out with that. Just uh, getting the place ready to sell. Is it haunted? Uh, it looked haunted by the time the renters <laughs> by the time the renters were done with it. Oh my god! Me and my, my 
good friend, Post Malone. We were walking into the home when suddenly we saw stains on the ceiling. For, for those of you that didn't listen to the Vegas episode a while back on an, on a on a, on a, on the run, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I'll go ahead and link to that below. You got to listen to that. Um, yeah, no, I just ask all homes at this point because I was driving around one of the neighborhoods that they just put up around here. And I was like, wow, all these homes are so nice and so new because my biggest fear is like, what if, what if I move into a house where like somebody died and I didn't know because the apartment across from me, um, it was, it was lived in by this lady for like six years and she was very nice and sweet and then she she died in january and it was about it was empty for about a month and uh, ironically oh, that the, one. yeah don't move yeah, into that yeah well my my mom was like you and juliana should move into the two bedroom and i'm like no i don't want to move into the apartment that my neighbor died in uh ironically though it's this old couple from northern virginia that went ahead and moved in there I would attack them for being Democrats and destroying Northern Virginia during the lockdown, but they have a really nice blind beagle, and that's my that's my weak spot, so I can't say too oh, much shit about them. That's true. Okay, yeah. first question of the night. Would you move into a place that people have died in? Derek. I feel like it would drop the price, and if it's nice enough. Oh, sure. my God. <laughs> 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 I feel like you would drop the price. Oh, okay. Uh, no one else wants it, right? Uh, Originally it was 500k. Now it's 100k. Oh, a deal. I mean, that is a deal. If it was 500k, now it's 100, and it's still the same quality of house. You know, just start out there. Just the hell out of that shit. Yeah. In, in this market, I'll take anything. Yeah, I mean, you know, if if, if you were buying a house in 2020 and you bought a you bought a, a a mortgage at like thirty percent. Then uh, I don't know what to I don't know what to say. Uh, Sean, yeah. would you move into a house that somebody died in? Hell no, hell no. Because then they, that spirit's gonna like f with me when I'm doing you could, shit. You could, you could, uh, you could Ghostbusters that shit out. You could take care of that. You know what? Me Ghostbustering that shit, I would make it worse. You end up opening like a portal to hell. It's like, guys, I'm sorry. I can't go on the podcast tonight. Yeah. There's uh, words being spelled out in blood from the wall. <laughs> yeah, Doyle. Uh, I only tried this the... weird dark book from the library. It, yeah, it's made these, from human uh, skin. Damn. It's called the Necronomicon. <laughs> yeah, Marushan uh, mysteriously dies in the haunted Sean, home. Sean versus the evil dead. <laughs> and then... And then me and my good friend Post Malone, Post Malone. <laughs> went into the went into the haunted Marushan house. <laughs> we gotta we gotta explain this Post Malone shit. When we went to Vegas back in January, we went to Zach Baggins' haunted mansion, not to redo the whole thing, but in this one room with like the Dybbuk box, which is supposed to be this like this demonic thing that has like all the evils of the 20th century in it apparently him and post malone tried fucking with it one night so they filmed it and as he explains what happened to it zach baggins is basically like it was just me and my good friend post malone (laughs) and once you hear that shit and you're in the room i mean it never it never leaves you i'm talking about that that you know those two worlds coming together that you wouldn't think not the not the evil box of doom yeah Uh, said would you yeah, would you move into a house that somebody died in? Yeah, I mean, all we gotta do is just have a Quran reading, and we're all good. There you go. There you go. I'd milk that shit. I'd be like, you guys gotta at least take down the inspection fees. Look, I'm gonna. <laughs> oh I'm gonna. I want a new ceiling. <laughs> if I solve the ghost's murder, like maybe he's happy. 
<laughs> I, my first, uh, my parents' first house that they lived in in, in uh, Colorado. Um, I was born in Arizona. We moved to Colorado that year. My dad was stationed at Fort Benning. They bought a townhouse, and apparently, the property that the townhouse was on, there was a plane crash in like Whoa. the 70s, and everyone oh, wow. died around the property. Wow. And then, like uh, 10 years later, the owner of that townhouse um, moved out, and within days, he killed himself. Shit. And uh, I can tell you, well, my parents could bring it up. Uh, some things aren't worth it, <laughs> but they stayed in because that, that, uh, you know, that there's nowhere else to go. Nowhere else. Yeah. To go. I think it's so funny when in like horror movies, black people are always like, Oh, white people get those homes and you know, they, something will tell them it's like, you don't belong here and they stay and black people are like, Oh no, I get out. It's like, yeah, yeah, hell no. Yeah. Hell no. Like I get it. Like black people, I am with you 110%. But sometimes you really can't get out of that lease, especially if your security deposits involved, if you're renting. So that has nothing to do with anything we're talking about today. We're going to go ahead and cover some stories that each of us have gone ahead and, um, you know, found from the week. I've gone ahead and spoken too much at the beginning. So I'll go second. We'll go ahead and start with Zed. Zed, what you got for us? Well, I have been counting down the days until September 6th because Bethesda is releasing their new space game. So in my spare time, I've just been doing everything in my power to just stay occupied. Uh, It's their first new IP in 20 years. It's Skyrim in space. So Okay, that's all you had to say. Yeah, that's all you had to say. Yeah, Firefly fans, uh, if you wanted to do a Firefly roleplay, this is your game. So check out the trailer. You'll, you'll get an idea of what's about. Fuck, I need to buy an extra. Humanity has always hunted for knowledge in the unknown. The wonder is... Not that the field of stars is so vast, but that we have measured it. constellation now part of our family we do not fully understand all that is at work here no finer group in the stars to be unraveling this mystery i'll follow you from here on out captain grab jump is ready i love this part These artifacts could be everything we've been looking for. Another great secret the universe is asking us to unravel. 
human settlements throughout the galaxy could be at risk. We are not stopping. Whatever lies at the end of this road will change humanity forever. This is where we belong. That is some serious shit right there. Yeah, uh, this has been a passion project for Todd Howard, uh, like I said, for the past 25 years. And they've just been waiting until the technology caught up for them to actually greenlight this game and, and make it. Yeah, me So, um, so you know, I only have two questions, and they're worth interrupting you, Derek. You'll, you'll no, agree okay. with me. Okay. Are there space aliens, and are they fuckable, like in Mass Effect? Oh, my God. Well, yes. let's say uh, well, so. maybe hopefully. Well, I got an article right here by IGN where they asked the developers of the game the top 10 things they learned uh, in a Q&A about the game. So that's something we can go through and find out what's going to be in the game. OK, let's do it. All right. Uh, Derek, you said you were going to mention something. He had yeah. to know if there were aliens and if they were dual. Yeah, yeah, of course. I was going to what I was going to say was that. Um, I remember, like, Zed and I watched a more in-depth, um, it was like a 10-minute, like, um, kind of presentation uh, that Bethesda was showing up Starfield. And this game is going to be very heavy on, like, the RPG elements. Like, just um, kind of more of a, kind of a cross between Fallout and Skyrim. Um, I think, Zed, you put it, it's more like Morrowind, if yeah. I... Yeah, that's what people are saying. At least the people have had a hands-on. It's more akin to Morrowind in the older uh, Bethesda games in terms of the depth of RPG elements. So, what what does what does that necessarily mean? Because I know that with like with Skyrim, it was very it was very action heavy. Yeah, it still had its RPG elements, but a lot of that stuff came in the form of the da- of the DLCs, like the the vampire one. Yeah. So, like um, one of the things that I remember in like the in-depth video, uh, there was like perks that that um, you could pick from at like the beginning of the game. Like your character could have parents that like give you stuff, or an obsessed fan that follows you around, and you can kill the obsessed fan if you get sick of him, or keep him around, or something like that. Like I don't know what the benefit of that is yet, but. Thing, things like that, like that allow you to customize your experience and you can like recruit people to your crew and stuff like that and build out your ship as you see fit and things of that nature and build so bases. It's, it's way more, it's way more RPG than like what we've got in the past couple of years. The one I can think of most recently was a uh, cyberpunk. Yeah. Cool. yeah. I mean, this is more numbers heavy in terms of your character's stats, abilities, perks you assign to your character. Um, basically, what t- would you like to play a more st- stealthy character, a character who can talk his way out of situations, or a person who's like a brawler or a, a very aggressive fighter? That's RPG that. elements like those. 
Yeah, as Todd has said, a Bethesda game through and through. Whether that's a good thing or not, we'll see. Yeah. Well, by that, I'm thinking they're going to keep re-releasing this game in different forms for like 10 years. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. I'm still waiting for the Key and Peele, like, you know, Skyrim Smart Fridge edition. Yeah, I can't wait for the Smart Fridge Starfield. (laughs) The game lasts that long. But, uh, yeah, let's go through these uh, questions they asked the developers. This is from IGN. Uh, First question they asked, and they got an answer about, uh, the developers said that there are over 20 companions in Starfield. Similar to previous Bethesda RPGs, Starfield will have companions you can recruit, but little is known about them so far. Fortunately, the developer Q&A confirmed that over 20 new characters can join your adventures. While the names are not revealed, we did learn that four of the companions are members of the Constellation, though all companions have their own backgrounds and can follow you around and carry any items you acquire through your travels. When we first began the Starfield pre-production, we looked back at our previous games and realized how popular and effective companions were. So they were a big priority for us, and we really wanted them to tie directly to the main quests. I dig it. So hopefully there's an alien and they're fuckable. They have to know what the people want. Obviously. You you cannot put out a space video game that's an RPG post-Mass Effect and not at least have one option. I agree. <laughs> yeah, if uh, there are no aliens in this game, uninstall. We riot. Yeah, the game stop. Yeah. The the modders will take care of us. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, they will put the Asari in the game. They'll put the Asari yeah, in the game. The modders take care of it, yeah. <laughs> so uh, the the jail system takes more from Skyrim than Fallout 4. So in the Elder Scrolls series, most notably in Skyrim, there's a jail system where you can be imprisoned for crimes you commit. Starfield is no different. Though you'll have few options if you're caught committing a crime, you can either go to jail, pay the fine when you're apprehended, or if you're really bold, you can resist arrest and evade the law. Hold I hated it. that. I hated that in Skyrim because they Hold actually they, they they screw you up. Like what I hated about that, it's not like in Red Dead Redemption where if you go to jail, all you do is you lose some money. You, you almost never lose weapons or anything else, and the story picks up where you go. In Skyrim, it's like they'll put you in jail forever, and then you go back to whatever that one uh, Helm's Deep knockoff is and if you had a wife it's like your wife is dead your house has been ransacked your sidekick has been murdered it's like what happened in two days the rent is past due the rent is past due (laughs) the city is burned down you know everyone you know and love is dead the giants and the dragons teamed up all of a sudden it's like damn like the world moves on without me that's why i never went to sleep in skyrim when your guy needs to recharge i never went to sleep (laughs) Yeah, you know, what's interesting, I wonder if there's uh, a possibility to escape space prison, if there's a game mechanic that way. Well, if there is, I'm breaking out every day of the week. Yeah, break out, get on your ship, and leave. <laughs> that would be cool, though. They, they've got to give you that option for, like, a cool prison break. It'll be, yeah. it'll be interesting to see what the first, like, gameplays of this really look like. Yeah. Look, all, all I know is I'm not going to jail. I'm, I'm, <laughs> okay, you guys are you guys are buying this because you guys have like real people game systems. I still have the game stick, so when I'm back game during the holidays, <laughs> I need to come over and freaking play this. Yeah, uh, another interesting fact: Star Wars, Battlestar Galactic, Battlestar Galactica, Interstellar, and more inspired Starfield quests. 
When asked if any sci-fi media had influenced some of the quests in Starfield, the devs explained some of the influences, which are thoroughly unsurprisingly, explained how he is a history nerd and listens to a lot of history-centric podcasts such as Hardcore History and a child in the late 70s or early 80s explained he's very fond of memories of sci-fi during that time, citing Star Wars and original Battlestar Galactica, Buck Rogers, and even Event Horizon. He talked about what he called headier sci-fi, including Contact, Interstellar 2001, and Space Odyssey in writings of Arthur C. Clarke. In all those examples, you realize that outer space is two things, a source of mystery and wonder, sometimes terror, and two, a giant blank page of which you can write a story. And we have written a very different stories in Starfield. So that's interesting. We might get some sci-fi horror. I like it when these RPGs allowed you to really, like, switch genres. And that's what I liked about, you know, Mass Effect. Like, you can have a heist genre. You can have, like, a heroic quest genre. You can have, like, uh, you know, in Mass Effect 2, you can have, like, a James Bond espionage spy one. If you allow your characters to really switch between genres, I think that is what creates a, you know, that's what separates good RPGs from, like, really good RPGs. Yeah. Yeah, and touching on the, when you were talking about the uh, parents, uh, Derek, the trait is called kid stuff. Oh, kid and, stuff, yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. So one of the traits available in Starfield is called kid stuff, and if your character has that trait, the duo confirmed that your parents will look like you. While that further elaborated, the feature is similar to Fallout 3 and Fallout 4, where the father and son's look are based on the playable character. So... If you remember uh, Sean from Fallout 4, your son looked like a hybrid of the mom character and then your playable character, or whichever one you choose. And uh, let's see, the, the last question I think was interesting is they had info on religious dominations, denominations in Starfield. So the developers went into detail about religions in Starfield. We previously learned that there are three in the game, they're called the Sanctum Universum, the Enlightened, and the Great Serpent. And also existing IRL religions are part of the Starfield universe. With folks of all religions and denominations out there, but we really don't focus on them. Instead, we highlight these three new specific ones to the game. A quick re- recap on the three religions in Starfield is that the Sanctum Universum, a.k.a. the Universals, believes in God, exists in the game, in-game universe, the enlightened are essentially organized atheists that focus on humanitarian efforts, and the Great Serpent, which is a faction of House of the Varun worships, is filled with a mystery. With the developer explaining that in the game, you're not really sure what the complete truth is. So those are must be some interesting side quest paths. That kind of sounds like, um, I mean, that kind of sounds like Dune in terms of how they have this, like, overarching religious theme to it. Yeah. And Skyrim had their religions, too. Um, yeah. The Daedric religions are kind of like the Satanists, I guess. Yeah. And then the uh, the dragon-worshipping religions. I think that's the Akatosh. You know what would be really cool that I don't see happening? Imagine if Skyrim was just a world you could visit, like literally just land on. It's within it's the, the universe. <laughs> it's just within the universe. Hello, traveler. <laughs> like it's just like you just like you just land in your spaceship and like old Skyrim, <laughs> like magic and dragons and stuff. Yeah, it's an Easter egg, just a yeah. medieval planet. <laughs> yeah, just, just 
Just revere you as a god. Let's see three PO cook you what? serve you. That would be cool. Just white run. Just just land there. You see Jarl Baldrick. <laughs> yeah, the modders you can will kidnap get, get, get a, a hands dragon and bring it to you and bring it with you. Yeah, let me store that in the cargo hold. <laughs> yeah, the, the, that's a drag. Drop a dragon in space. <laughs> yeah, the spaceship is your dragon. Yes. I'll see the dragon will survive, but okay. Yeah, but yeah, I'm very excited for Starfield. I, I'm counting the days, man. Like, i just been trying to kill time. Uh, but I got Game Pass so day after, one. After what? Yeah, so after you play this, how long until the sequel? Ten years? Yeah, I mean, knowing Bethesda now, I mean... They've been working on this for since. I mean, we started hearing about this game back no, in 20, no. 2016. You'll, you'll have Starfield, Starfield's Xbox uh, Nine Thousand, Starfield uh, Neuralink. <laughs> yeah. I mean, review codes have already been sent out to all these big uh, video game sites and video game content creators. So. People have the, the review codes right now, so they people are playing it right now. So there's yeah. a there's an embargo. So once they lift that, we'll hear the reviews. We'll get Starfield the flamethrower. The kids love this one. <laughs> but I'm looking forward to the Mass Effect mods. I, I want I want you know Asari characters and Turians roaming around. Maybe Commander Shepard armor. Yeah, Just the, the Asari. As long as they give us Asari, you can yeah, give me yeah. Halo armor out yeah. here. Make Blue Asari, green Asari, orange Asari. Yeah, all the Asari. Just, just give me Asari. I don't care. Oh my god. Yeah, as long as as long as you can create the Asari, the Asari harem, you're you're fine. Uh, yes. Um, what, what was I gonna What was I gonna ask about this? So is this only coming out on Xbox? Or they no, it's coming out on PC as well. Yeah, Xbox and PC since Microsoft has acquired Bethesda. So yeah, PS4, not... PlayStation people, you're kind of out of luck. Yeah, PlayStation is oh. shambles. <laughs> but PlayStation, PlayStation people get Spider-Man, though. They do and, get Spider-Man. Well, and and God of wait for Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. yeah. Harry Potter came out on PC, right? Uh, yeah, he came out on PC. PC and PlayStation first, and then eight months later... Oh, it's on everything else. Right. I hate, I, I, well, to be fair, to be honest, I, I hate exclusivity. I think it's stupid. But the more people that play the game, the better. That's my opinion. Yep. Yeah. You know, how many people, though, own multiple platforms? Oh, I'm sorry. How many people own multiple consoles, though? Because I feel like there's Not a divide. Many. Like, if you own if you own a PlayStation, the odds that you own an Xbox as well are pretty high. The only people that are, like, really different are people who are like PC only or even stranger. Like they only play like, uh, what's Nintendo the, games. with the Nintendo switch. Yeah. The Nintendo switch. Yeah. Well, I think what's really interesting that what Microsoft is doing is they're investing in cloud gaming. So you don't necessarily need to have a super high end computer to play these games. If say Starfield is eligible for cloud gaming, they'll load it onto a server somewhere in Microsoft server farm and if you have a good enough internet connection, like Gigabit or something, you can just uh, connect to Microsoft server and play um, Starfield remotely. Yeah, I think what I think what's like, I mean, in terms of like exclusivity, I sometimes think that the only reason 
Nintendo does as well as they do is because of exclusivity. Like, they have so many franchises that are exclusive to them. It's, like, the only reason that the Switch is, like, alive. I, I genuinely believe that. Because if, they, because yeah. if that was multi-platform, I think people would pick the superior hardware and consoles over, over like, the Switch, which is vastly inferior to PS5, Xbox, the Xbox yeah. One, S, and all that. Um, just because, unfortunately, like, I don't know what Nintendo's deal is, but they have a big problem when it comes to just being modern because, like, their online options are crap. Like, their their hardware is behind. Like, they, like, in docked mode, they can do 1080, but, you know, the, these consoles can go 4K at this point. And yeah. Just... Their big thing is, well, we're the game console you could take with you on an airplane. Yeah. And that's, and and that's also really we, where they can get And also, we have Zelda, Mario, Pokemon, stuff like that. That's yeah, like I mean, we have. And those then, IPs are their system sellers, so they're not going to yeah. get rid of it. Exactly. <laughs> like, which is the crazy thing, and that, that that's why they don't make better consoles. Because like we don't have to. We have our IPs to carry. <laughs> How many years until you think all these games just end up on a game stick sent to you from China, Derek? Hmm. Well, we got twenty-year-old games uh, for educational purposes. I found out all these games are on the internet to download. See, so. see, will happen. You know, when uh, when we get uh, Elon Musk and Erlink, you know, we'll just have like the game. Oh, you can just download the games into your brain. Skyrim, Skyrim, Skyrim. <laughs> I go into a coma, and people are like, "What's wrong with What's wrong with him?" It's like, "Oh, he he got trapped in Skyrim, so he's gonna just die from starvation." Yeah, and 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 meanwhile, you're just like. You're, you're like waking up. Oh, you're, you're finally awake. <laughs> Welcome, traveler. <laughs> if, we, if you follow the Cops crossing the border theory, again. <laughs> if you believe the theory that we're in a simulation, if you're playing Starfield, does that mean you're playing a simulation inside of a simulation? I'm not emotionally ready to get it. Yes, I would just answer yes. Okay. Well, that's uh, you got me. You got me excited for a video game, which I can't really say I've been excited for a while. But this has everything I want. And I mean, just from the beginning, opening scene of that commercial, immediately I was thinking Interstellar, which is one of the best sci-fi films made in you know the past decade. I, I'd say this for the past twenty years, just vastly yeah. superior. They uh, they released a fifty-minute uh, presentation that goes through every facet of the game is very detailed. So if that's something you like to check out. It's called Starfield direct on YouTube. Yeah. It's very long. Very good. Um, tells you a lot about what's coming, like not everything. And they did kind of tease like some special abilities that you can get, um, uh, that, that kind of remind me of the force, but you know, we don't know yet. Well, time will tell. Time will tell. And then the modders will come in and just completely screw things up. Yeah, they'll just make it Star Wars. <laughs> as long as they it. give us the Asari. Yeah, all the, all the, the Asari is all good. All the, all the sex mods Bethesda's known for. Yeah, the sex mods. Uh, well, speaking of giving the fans what they want, we're going to go ahead and switch over to a story. Uh, Zach Levi, I don't think he wants to work in Hollywood anymore. I think the, the disaster that was Shazam... Uh, to Fury of the Gods has basically made him like one of the most unhinged actors. And by unhinged, I'm not talking like, you know, a Charlie's Sheen, you know, Coke 
uh, breakdown or uh, Ezra Miller, you know, Charles Manson calls. I mean, he's just calling people out. Now he's calling out studios directly. A few months ago, he said it was because of all the problems of uh, Dwayne Johnson and Black Adam, which came out last year. Then he went ahead and blamed superhero fatigue uh, in movies. Then he went ahead and blamed James Gunn and GC Studios and whether or not people thought it was canon or not. And then they said the movie was too much for kids. And then they said, well, you know, it is a kid's movie and you should bring all your kids. They didn't know how to market it. And then the movie went on to be one of the worst um, films of the summer. That was until The Flash, which only made about $248 million, not making its $500 million budget, making it the biggest comic book movie flop in cinema history. So wait, Shazam made more than Flash? Shazam made made more of its budget, but it did not make a profit. So Shazam lost less money than the Flash. The Flash, the Flash. I think they say it costs three hundred million dollars, but all the real numbers show that they spent half a billion dollars on that movie, only for them to make less than um, you know less than what the budget was. So that will not make a profit. And they're going to go ahead and release it on digital and streaming platforms in about a month. So that, I mean, that will probably help pick things up, but that's not going to do any better. And I don't I don't think that movie was released in China either. China yeah. is the reason why black Adam bombed because they didn't allow the movie in China. I think, I think the flash was, but nobody really wanted to see it because they think that Ezra Miller's a freak, which he, he is. is. So, <laughs> You know, with all that said, he went ahead and started blasting Hollywood. Uh, this article over from Bounding in the Comics uh, talks about a uh, report from Entertainment Weekly. I'll just read a paragraph. Levi made an appearance at Fan Expo Chicago on Saturday where he shared, I personally feel like the amount of content that comes out of Hollywood that that comes out of Hollywood that is garbage. They don't care enough to actually make it great for you guys. They don't. And that's what's got a bunch of people's panties in a bunch, especially when you take into effect two big factors. One, Hollywood is hiring the worst, the worst people to write, produce, and direct their content. Everything is woke. Everything is shit. Everything is just a regurgitation or a sequel, prequel, spinoff of existing and beloved IP that they just have to go ahead and, uh, you know, oh, sure. just grind into the ground. And then you have the fact that, you know, you've got these writers who are striking right now. And uh, I don't necessarily know if I support the strike. I kind of like seeing all these, uh, you know, all these like liberal art majors scream about, you know, robots taking their job. They weren't very nice to West Virginia miners uh, four years ago when they were laughing at them, telling them to learn the code. So in a way, like I'm not totally surprised that Netflix thinks that ChatGPT will complain less when writing scripts. But I, yeah. I, as much as I, as I believe, and we talk about it enough on Second Print Comics enough that a lot of movies and TV shows are just absolute shit. There were some good things this summer, and there are some good things on TV right now. My wife and I have been watching uh, season three of Only Murders in the Building on Hulu, and it's one of the best shows I've seen since Ozark. Uh, we're also watching Reservation Dogs. Uh, we just binge watch seasons uh, one through two, and we're on season three right now on Hulu, and that is some great writing from Taiko Watiti. And then movie-wise this summer, I mean, let's look at the winners. I mean, it's easy to look at Flash, but let's look at the winners. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse did fucking fantastic. Best AMA film ever made. Mission Impossible 
three. I'm sorry. No, not Mission Impossible three. Mission Impossible uh, Dead Reckoning Part one. Amazing action movie. And then you got Barbie, which I thought was funny. Um, you got Oppenheimer, which was a crazy ass Christopher Nolan movie. Sound of Music was a good movie. That no, I'm sorry, not Sound, Sound of Music. Of Sound, of Sound of Freedom. Sound of Freedom was a fantastic movie. There were some, and they all came out like week by week by week by week. And then Barbie Heimer came out on one. So like there have been really good movies out this summer. I think we're finally out of the funk from they're just resurrecting everything that had to get stalled in 2020 and yeah we had some shit especially the past year um i don't really remember anything that came out earlier than like super mario brothers in january february but also very good yeah like this summer was good for movies yeah it was i agree with that um you know we also i mean we also have some decent shows too i mean uh like my adventures of superman very yes. good show that came Thanks. out of nowhere derek and i spoke about it you guys can listen to it under the feed had no clue that was coming out until it came out on max we got dune 2 coming in november and what's yeah, funny yeah. about that is that they have yeah, imax yeah. has completely kicked out the marvels so you won't be able to see that in oh, any no. imax screen because they have prioritized dune that's so funny that like I mean, uh, I it's crazy to me about the Marvels. Like when I think about it, how many things you need to have watched to be caught up with it? Because because I think because I think one of the writers came out if I remember this right, uh, they were like, okay, the Marvels is a sequel to Secret Invasion, Captain Marvel, and Miss Marvel, and a little bit of WandaVision. Like like you have to watch four separate pieces you have to watch one movie and three shows to understand everything that's going to happen in this movie sean are you gonna watch this i think he actually passed out (laughs) oh no are you okay (laughs) maru sean Sean. Sean. Oh my God, he's asleep. Oh, he woke up. up. Wake up, dog. Wake up. <laughs> I've been awake. Oh, yeah, right. Are you <laughs> okay. going to go watch the Marvels? <laughs> I want to, but I don't know if it, it, it'll keep me like awake. Do you think it's worth the money to watch it in theaters? No, absolutely not. That says it right there. How, how many of you guys feel like you're like you no longer have to go watch some of these movies in movie theaters? Yeah. I'm not seeing Blue Beetle. I'm not seeing Blue Beetle in theaters. That comes out uh, at the time of this release. It's already been out for for uh, for about three, four days. So we'll, we'll have to wait till next week to see what the box office numbers for opening weekend was. They're already saying that it will fall and Barbie will still pick up and uh, kill kill blue beetle second week which i thought i I saw some decent um like rotten tomato scores from from the critics they're not going to they're not going to take down james gunn's latino love child no but its audience score is actually a 91 how can they already have an audience score it hasn't been out from at the time of recording it hasn't been out for more than like a couple hours oh never mind then 
I don't know how many people have actually. I don't trust them because notice how they pivoted this movie. One, they weren't putting a lot of emphasis behind it because they saw what happened to Shazam too, and they saw what happened to Flash. And this is not a James Gunn movie. They made this movie two years ago, and now they're releasing it. So I am looking at the Rotten Tomatoes page right now. Um, Apparently, I I guess a lot of people just hop on Rotten Tomatoes because there's like a verified audience and there's all audience. Verified audience. It says 250 verified ratings. That comes out to 91%. However, all audience is 2,500 ratings in total, and that leads to an 88%. So, well, that's good or not, I don't know. But it says 4.3 out of good numbers. 4.3 out of 5 average rating according to all audience on Rotten Tomatoes. Usually, the audience score is telling of, well, whether it's a good movie or not. I don't really trust critics anymore, just because. You know, they have their agendas. They're like, oh, this, oh, you're not telling the story of how, you know, uh, how strong woman did X thing without man. I don't know. And if that doesn't happen, it's not a good film. So they're billing this as first Latino superhero. And it's like, that's not a good, that's not a good enough reason. I'm trying to think because I, I feel like there's a Latino superhero somewhere that I'm not thinking of that before Blue Beetle. Um, Marvel Universe? Or Any DC. in movies. I mean, you have uh, Spider-Man 2099 and you have Miles yeah, Morales. Yeah, Miguel O'Hara. Okay, yeah, like Miguel, Miguel O'Hara and Miles Morales. <laughs> and they're way cooler than Blue Beetle. Like, I liked Blue Beetle in the Batman Brave and the Bold cartoon. Yeah. I, and I liked him in the Teen Titan comic books. I didn't collect his solo comic book title because I, I was – I could go buy other books for the cost of a Blue Beetle comic, which was you know, $3 I, at the time. I, I'm pretty like back, sure. Back 10 years ago. I'm pretty sure that um, uh, it was two minor characters from Teen Titans, but it wasn't like the, um, it wasn't like the main Titans group. It was like the, uh, it was like the, it was like the. Oh, Justice. it was high. No, it was like, it was like, a, it was like two twins. It was like um it was like a super speed twins that they had like whenever oh. they were holding hands, they ran fast together, but I'm pretty also, sure they like only spoke like, like in Spanish. Um, I'm going to yeah, look at Desperado and Morados. You know, it's funny. The past three movies. Save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty nine each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I've seen in theaters, uh, have two of them have been made 20 years ago. Oh, Moss and Meadows. Yes, these two. Uh, I saw Collateral. <laughs> I knew my brain knew it. And I saw Insomnia at the Alamo before I saw Oppenheimer. So, like, I just don't watch, like watching new movies anymore unless they're like. But you went like to go Oppenheimer see. Tour. But you went. You're the only one that went to go see the new Indiana Jones film. Yeah, I did, and I mean, it was it wasn't bad, but it wasn't good. And I think the whole time travel thing they covered was kind of trippy. I, I just wish the majority of the movie was like the first thirty minutes. Yeah. I mean, granted, I guess they're talking like live action, 
you know, heroes. I think I think you know what they should have done was just they just should should have just CGI young Indiana Jones through the entire movie, just have it take place in 1930 or something. And so this old dude, Harrison Ford, I think that'd be a 10 times better movie. Yeah, I mean, they they questioned whether or not Chris Pratt was going to be Indiana Jones for like the past 10 years. It was around the time that the first Guardians of the Galaxy film came out. Oh, yeah. And and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Marvel's best movie since then. Fantastic film. Fantastic movie. I finally got around to watching it. I loved that movie. It was very good. So, like, there's good stuff, but it's all the stuff that's, like, not, like, in your face and meant to be shit. Yeah, it's kind of crazy that James Gunn is, like, carrying MCU at this point. Um, And then now he's going to start. And now, yeah, was. And now he's going to start, hopefully, start carrying DC. Um, We'll see. It just depends because some decisions are a bit weird. Like he's keeping Gal Gadot, but gets rid of Henry Cavill. That got scrapped. Oh, Gal Gadot. Gal Gal Gadot's out. Yeah, she's out. (laughs) That came out like a day after she was like, "We're doing Wonder Woman 3. and then James Gunn was like, "No, we're not." Oh, so we're not gonna get another Wonder Woman theme song? Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman 2077. It's a cyberpunk oh, uh, Wonder Woman. Oh, Gal, Gal Gadot, they could freeze her and wake her up like 20 years later. She'll still be one of the most beautiful women alive. It'd so be very I, can, I can say this. No one's going to pay to watch Blue Beetle in theaters. Look, yeah. all I'm going to say is if you want to flash succeed, you should, you should have trashed Ezra and just hired Grant Gustin. It would have been a great movie, better flash. Like, like no one's going to beat Grant the Goat Gustin. It just doesn't happen. He's just too good at being the Flash. They he should have had his own movie. baby microwave scene. There would have been no baby microwave. You know, yeah. they already had, like, for anyone's watched the CW show, they did the story of Barry Allen's mother dying much better. Reversed, like, so many good villains in that show. It's just, I mean, I know the later seasons kind of got a bit crazy. And just, you know, maybe it's not your favorite. The but, worst, the worst Grant Gustin Flash season is still better than than, than this movie ever we saw. <laughs> I mean, I the ga- this gave us Nick Cage Superman did nothing, and just <laughs> still upsets me. <laughs> Are there any movies coming out for the remainder of the year that anyone is remotely excited for? Not besides, really, no. besides I, Dune, no. Yeah, Dune. I'm for Dune. Um, is anyone gonna go see the Last Voyage of the Demeter? That Dracula movie. Well, oh, you know, you know what? One movie I'm interested in. Uh, it's about the oil rush at, at, at like Native American lands and Leonardo have, DiCaprio. Have, in it. Yeah, it has DiCaprio in it, right? Yeah, that looks interesting. Is that coming out in theaters, or is that coming out on like Apple TV or something? No, yeah. I think it's an Apple movie. It's funded by Apple Studios, but I think it's coming in theaters. Yeah. Yeah, I you can't. Know, I'm... Other than other than Dune. Like, I can't really think of anything. You know, this might be, you know, I might not be looking forward to many movies, but I can think of one show that I'm looking forward to that leads into our next topic. Uh, A Scott Pilgrim anime that is appearing soon. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Not producer. Pull that shit up. Jamie, pull that up. Jamie, pull that up. <laughs> <laughs> now, so this, uh, this is a Scott is, Pilgrim anime back, series. This coming is bringing to, back all the nostalgia. Yeah, it's coming to Netflix, and it's in the style of like the original comics and everything. And 
Uh, I'll try to speak for itself. We are attacked before! What you can do! So freaking! Well, they brought back the entire cast of from the movie, the actual movie. <laughs> like this is gonna. Be I didn't a think it was gonna show. happen. That's why I just stopped trying to figure out anything about this. It's gonna be really cool, and, and I'm so happy not, they brought back. And while they're not calling it Scott Pilgrim versus the World, they're calling it Scott Pilgrim Takes Off. It is Scott um, Pilgrim versus the World. Scott Pil- Pilgrim versus the Seven Deadly Xs. Like this is the movie which is based off the manga, but yeah. it's in an anime with everyone from the movie. Yeah. Some top get that tier. Right? Yeah. You got that right. I mean, it's like, it, it's based off. It's basically based off a comic, you know, that turned to a live action movie that also had a video game. Video game is very good too. Um, that is now going to be an anime in the style of that original comic, which I am looking forward to because I love, I love it when, it's styled like this, and I think, and the live action movie did it really well. I like that movie a lot. It, um, it became a cult classic. Like when that came, it no one was really expecting it to do as well as it did. But it's one of the best comic book adapted movies to come out. It's so funny and just really good. <laughs> like I look forward to seeing how this anime plays out. I'm wondering if it does. Like I mean, if it's like a even if it's a one to one to like the movie, I'd be happy. But I, I feel like it's going to be a bit more than that. I look forward to it. Yeah, I've, I haven't really watched Netflix in a while. And uh, the shows that I did watch on Netflix have just completely lost me. I, I'm not going to watch The Witcher. I stopped watching halfway through season two when it became like the, the Siri and everyone else and The Witcher show. And now since they uh, have just completely like, you know, screwed over Cavill, uh, I'm, I won't be watching it with Chris Hemsworth's younger brother. So. Yeah, I couldn't get past the first season after I finished the first season. I'm just like, no, I'm done. Because it's like all these chicks and then The Witcher. And it's like, let The Witcher uh-huh. kill things. I know. Yeah. I mean, I like The Witcher series, like, but unfortunately, I know they're going to replace Henry Cavill, which hurts because he's not going to because they're going to replace Gerald. And just like, why, why, why this might, yeah, this might be a reason. This might be a reason to watch Netflix because honestly, like I I stopped watching Cobra Kai. I'm going to watch, like I didn't watch the last season that came out and I know the series is coming out. So when the series comes out, I will probably watch Cobra Kai, but Cobra Kai kind of started becoming repetitive and all the other shows have just like, I I don't think Netflix puts out good movies anymore. Uh, I like extraction too with Liam Hemsworth, but mm. this might be the only thing on Netflix that I actively want to watch. Yeah. I'm, I'm so looking forward to this. Do you think man. they're putting out all the episodes at once or do you think they're going to meter it? Like what uh, they've been threatening. Meter. Meter. I, there's a part of me that wants them to meter it just because 
this is something else that I find interesting about Netflix shows in general. I feel like they like when you drop the season, it's great if you just want to watch it. But what sucks is if you're waiting for the next season, you're now waiting a little over a year for any content related to that show to come out. And it's like and it's like the discussion dies down, everything dies down because it all dropped at once. It's like and people that binge watch, they know everything. And then people are like, Oh, I'm gonna, you know, watch on my own time, like one episode a day or maybe even like a week or something. Like like other people do at their own pace, but just the discussion dies down, there's no mystery to it because it's just, oh, the whole season dropped. Everyone knows what happened. Yeah, as a content creator that has to talk about this stuff it's much harder to binge watch an entire season and try and talk about it in one or two episodes than if you've got like what disney did and this is probably the only smart thing disney plus did which is putting out their stuff weekly like what they would do with network television and at least that's what keeps stuff going that's what keeps conversations going and that's part of the fun of watching these shows yeah because the thing is like when you like the way all the network tvs do it you know, when when you like they've made the season already and they release it, you know, week by week or, you know, sometimes they take low breaks. But for the most part, they have the season done and that gives them time to work on the next season. And then by the time that one's over, now you're only waiting a few months, maybe for the next one, as opposed to an entire year or even two, which is which is the problem with Netflix ones, um, especially maybe like their animated stuff. Or, you know, like Stranger Things, like especially because especially a show that relies so much on the mystery aspect, you know, when you drop the whole season, it's like, okay, now I know. And now I'm waiting for the next season to happen. You know, like whatever cliffhanger you left me on, you know, now I'm waiting a year. And by the time that year rolls around, you know, I'm like, I don't maybe think about it. I'm excited for it. But it's like, it's not the same level of excitement I would have had. If I watched the last episode and then, oh, season two coming, you know, like in fall and let's say it ended in June or something like that. Well, I'll go ahead and put this out there. Uh, listeners, if you want us to go ahead and maybe cover Scott Pilgrim Takes Off on Patreon, go ahead and hit me up on, uh, on I was about to say Twitter, hit me up on X, still there at Hey Remzo. <laughs> And, uh, it's Twitter and hearts. Second, yeah, and, and second print pod. Go ahead and tweet us. Let us know if you want us to, uh, you know, maybe do a Patreon review episode per episode, kind of like what we've done in the past. Because I'd like to do. I'm I'm gonna watch this show. I'm very yes, excited. I'm watching it too. Yeah, because I know this is something I can watch with with my wife because it's better when we don't have to like you know carve out TV time. We can watch something that we enjoy together. And, um, you know, Superman. My adventures with Superman is ending soon. I, I might try and get her to watch Superman Lois from the cw since they've got uh, all the seasons up on max but also a good show yeah i don't know if she'll like that one it's it's different than my adventures of superman yeah it is different that was but uh I agree with that. speaking of shit being different sean this is the story that i think i have written more pieces about it in one freaking week than i have ever had to cover anything throughout my career in media we're talking about the shit going on with Michael Orr, former Baltimore Ravens wide receiver, the topic of the movie, the blind side. This is just like, this is, this is like if Mr. Rogers came out, 
if like you know after his death of course like if mr rogers came out and it was announced that he had like started like selling crack to kids at some point this is almost like bill cosby is a rapist levels of bad because you've taken america's family the biggest film of 2009 and 10 you know 10 plus years later they have just completely destroyed their own freaking image and no one can ever think of that movie ever again the right way yeah i did see some of the story and it's did kind he of pass the fuck out again what did he pass oh, out oh. again god damn it well his uh his Doyle, name... wake up <laughs> Doyle. marshawn Okay. Well, Industrial well, complex. He uh, uh, he is literally he he has been moving all day, so I excuse it. And by the time we're recording, it's eleven p.m. So I'm gonna give we, I'm gonna give Sean some some slack. I just pictured like the Discord. Did he move? Like as he left. Back. Oh, he's back. Is he is he awake? Sean. No, he he passed out. Marsha. We did live here, folks. Should I put him back on so that way for people on YouTube they can see how long he sleeps? Just yeah, put him sure, back on. Why not? Let's see if he wakes up. He's adjusting his pillow. <laughs> oh, he's back. Oh, he's I know back. the moment. I know the moment he pulled the blanket up. He was. He was down for the count. I'm not. I'm gonna spare him. Uh, so he's, had funny. Very, he's had a very long day and a very rough yeah. week. He went to the. He, he went to go get his his courthouse uh, marriage license today. Congratulations! So, when We're I went to get moved tomorrow too. So yeah, he's he's exhausted. When I went yeah. to go get my marriage license, I saw somebody get divorced and remarried to somebody else in the same hour. Well, that's always a uh, that's a that's a wild ride. <laughs> that was in Baltimore, so you shouldn't be too surprised. Uh, oh, Derek, yeah. let me go ahead and pull this up since uh, this was Sean's pick, but Sean is passed out before us. Okay, I'll just go ahead and read this, and then we'll go ahead and talk about this, so that way we catch we can catch it up. I've written a ton of articles this week, and we had some other uh, really awesome commentary pieces over at BoundingInTheSports.com. Go ahead and check me out there daily at BoundingInTheSports.com. Um, the Tuies have had enough uh, family behind the blockbuster film The Blind Side to officially end their conservatorship of Michael Orr. Let me go ahead and just uh, push through this, and then we can figure out all the freaking madness i didn't have michael or attempting to shake down the family who gave him an amazing life which propelled him to sports stardom on my 2023 bingo card this year but then again i don't think anybody could have ever thought that the beloved family and their wayward football savant that inspired the film the blind side could have ever been soured in such a terrible way the rift between former NFL player Michael Orr and the Tui family, who were portrayed in the 2009 film, has deepened with recent accusations of blackmail. Michael Orr is alleged to have um, demanded $15 million from the Tuies to keep quiet about the details of his adoption. The Tui's attorney, Martin Singer, and for those of you who don't know Martin Singer, in the industry, the entertainment industry, this guy defends them all. He is one of the top lawyers in Hollywood and for many politicians. This is not a lawyer who's a random guy. This guy is a shark. Um, this type of lawyer you want, by the way. Uh, count, uh, Martin Singer countered these claims, labeling them as hurtful and absurd. He asserted that Orr received an equitable share from the film, which made over $300 million. While the Tuies have stressed the difference between, Mike, between Orr's conservatorship and legal adoption, 
Sean Tui Jr. claims to have a text to have text evidence from 2020 that refutes Orr's allegations about not being legally adopt not being a legally adopted son. Significant revelation from Orr's memoir, I Beat the Odds, From Homelessness to the Blind Side and Beyond, suggests that he was well aware of the nature of his relationship with the Tui family, recognizing them as family despite the technicalities of the legal wording. Now it seems that Sean and Leanne Tui, the couple who brought him into their home as a teen to raise him, have had enough of this and have decided to officially end their conservatorship and essentially their relationship with Orr for good. They, the Tuies, insisted that any money received be divided equally, and they have made good on that pledge, Singer said in a statement. The evidence, documented in profit participation checks and studio accounting statements, is clear. Over the years, the Tuies have given Mr. Orr an equal cut of every penny received from the blind side. Even recently, when Mr. Orr started to threaten them about what he would do unless they paid him an eight-figure windfall, and as part of the shakedown effort, refused to cash the small profit checks from the Tuies, they still deposited Mr. Orr's equal share into a trust account they set up for his son. Orr's lawyers have not responded to the allegations that he attempted to blackmail them for $15 million. As of now, after a terrible week for all parties involved uh, in what was once deemed a pop culture hit that inspired many, the sad story might finally be over for good. Michael Orr, formerly of the Baltimore Ravens, played 110 games across eight NFL seasons. He stopped playing in 2016 and is currently promoting his new book. Awfully suspicious timing. Uh, there's a there's a lot there, and basically it comes down to this: Michael Orr was 18 when the do, when the Tuies brought him into their home. You cannot adopt an adult, however, to help him get through college and to take care of other things on him behalf, like he was their child. They went ahead and entered into a conservatorship, which he knew about very well in 2004 when it occurred he knew about very well uh when his first book came out in 2011 uh one of the links in my article goes to the previous article i wrote this week which talks about him writing that he knew the difference between a conservatorship and what legal adoption is and basically this was a shakedown this guy wanted 15 million from this family and i find it very ironic that this happens to come out when he has a new book coming out. He literally pressed charges on Monday and his book is supposed to come out in a month. I don't, I don't think that that is uh, not connected at all. So when you heard about this, Oh, he's awake. <gasps> he's back. You fell I've been asleep. Awake. You fell asleep. I had another screen popped up so I could read this. Sean, this story has completely rocked the country. I have never seen so many people on on social media jump on something like this in such a short amount of time because I've been following it everywhere. Bro Bible, Barstool Sports, Fox Sports, yeah. Entertainment Weekly, everywhere. This has completely like ruined everything about this story. It's kind of insane. It it's honestly a shocker that anything in the sports community that's been ever made into a movie that's been inspirational the way Blindside that I've heard from plenty of people that now it's just turned into this dark 
like as you said shakedown and it's like it's clear as day it's unwanted noise and i it there's not much said it's just michael or has no reason to be throwing out this kind of like it wasn't it wasn't like he was broke after he retired in 2016 the man wrote a book the man was paid i think five figures per speaking engagement he still went and did that i mean i don't know if i don't know what his financial situation is many football players after they retire end up squandering their wealth many athletes in general just look at any nba player given the week and usually they've blown their money by the time they leave and they're in debt and uh you know they can't get up but this is a guy who was in a film that you know was the biggest block blockbuster hit of 2009 we all remember when that movie came out that movie is ingrained in us like rudy like hoosiers like it's Mm -hmm. treated like that caliber and then for this to happen, and this is the ridiculous thing. And I read his lawyer's um, petition that they went ahead and filed in a Tennessee court on Monday. They went ahead and said that the Tuies were making all this money from the film. They didn't make a lot of money from this between the the Tuies, their two biological children, or and Michael Lewis, the author of The Blind Side. It was yeah. less than like $300,000 up front. And then they made residuals, which I think the last residual check was a couple of years ago for $14,000. Because at that point, it, the rest of it goes back to the studio. Like when they say that the blind side made $300 million, that's not the Tuies made it. You have to take into account the studio, the executives, all the money spent towards everything else that they have to compensate. Everyone that works from the director down to like editors, like everyone had to take a piece of that pie. So for yeah. Orr's own lawyers to say that this was the case is ridiculous. But the dumbest thing about it, and I, 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 I pulled the quote from the memoir, Outkick found this, Outkick.com found this, and then I went ahead and added some more details to it, abounding in the sports. Orr yeah. said he knew that because he was 18 years old, he could not be legally adopted, but he could be their son. They would take him in in that family sense. And they helped him get into Ole Miss. They helped yeah. pay for everything. And, and then the accusation from other people, MSNBC tried saying this. They, they're trying to attack the family because they're white. They're trying, to oh, say they, that they, they're trying to say that they grabbed this big black kid thinking, oh, we're going to turn him into an NFL star. One, and this is separating the facts from fiction from the Blind Side the movie, where they did take liberties with it. Michael Orr never liked the Blind Side movie. He said so since it came out because he said that it made him look excessively stupid, uh, which now he's yeah. showing he's pretty excessively stupid. But <laughs> one, they never forced him to football. He wanted to try football. Two, how could they ever think that once he went to Ole Miss, oh, this guy is instantly going to the NFL? He was a first-round draft pick. That that was that was true, but a late first uh, round draft pick, by the way. So yeah. that's it. It's still a draft pick, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not it's not looking it's not looking good for him. So this idea that they did this, they essentially like you know abducted a black child simply to make money off of him is absurd. Well, because it's also the two, 18th time. yeah, and the Tuies were also rich. 
he owned like a whole bunch of like uh, I think it was he owned like KFC, McDonald's. He owned a bunch of fast yeah. food chains. And when he sold it, I think in 2012, the man made two hundred million dollars from that. So he wow. made more money outside of this than he ever made. They never made money from the movie. Where they did make money from the movie is Leanne Tui wrote a book by yes. her. This came out after The Blind Side by Michael Lewis. That came out in 2009 as well. It coincided with the movie. And then Michael Orr himself had a memoir that was a bestseller. He was on Good Morning America, CBS, all those things in 2011. So all the money they made as a result of it came from the fame that came with being the family from the blind side. In terms of money from the movie, they yeah. didn't make they didn't make an insane amount. They made a good amount of money, but they didn't make crazy. They didn't make millions from that movie. Yeah, it, it, it's just kind of it, it's kind of sad because, I mean, it, we all grew up with the blind side and it, it, it's like. It was a pretty good movie, but now it's just turns into this dark side on the other side that Mike Orr is just trying to get I, in my eyes and RJ Yuri said this I think he's desperate for money I he mean has it, to be. It, 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 it's just clear as day I mean there, there's no reason for him to attack the twoies or anything like that it's just money yeah I mean I think it's a combination of things like you know the 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 times lately you know it's a it's a convenient time to just be like oh i can get money out of the white family that ex you know quote unquote exploited my story or something like just you know like this is if he was to make more money off it now's the time because the media is on their warpath and i mean they they immediately went to the fact that it's like they you know, the family is white and they took in this white, this black child. How many times like on Twitter, Twitter is horrible for this. Well, X is horrible for this. Right. Um, you know, there, there was a movement amongst, um, you know, black political commentators in 2020 to say that white people adopting black children was a form of racial oppression. So they could take black children and raise them to be white children. And it's like, that's ridiculous. It's that like, is so inhumanly ridiculous. Would you rather they remain orphans? It's just a genuine question. It's and, like, and I mean, we had a we had a commentary piece come out a couple days ago about the situation and, and what our guy basically said. Our guy Ryan uh, Ryan Bauman at Bounding in Sports. He basically said, "Listen, all the money that he could potentially made, he already they already paid him for it. They paid for his school, they paid for his car, they paid for everything to get him to where he went. And if he hadn't had that going, would he have ever gotten?" as far into the NFL as, as he did, because uh, Michael Lewis, the author at one point made fun of him at one point. He was like, yeah, if you look at uh, Orr's grades, he definitely got the athlete treatment, but it's one of those things where it's just like, you know, this guy lives an amazing life. How many people, how many people would have killed to have been in his position? They, that family did not have to pick him up. They did not have to do anything for him. And even if he had not gone on to play football, I don't think that would have changed anything. Mm. But this is this is just, um, you know, this is this is upsetting in, in every single way. Zed, what are your thoughts? Uh, I'm just see watching from the sidelines. I, I I'm not really big into sports, but I've been hearing about this stuff. 
Yeah. So, and then I have a second story to talk about. RJ, I don't know if many of you know, our home, our hometown NFL team is finally, finally separated from the black mark of the NFL. The skid mark of professional sports. Dan, Dan Snyder, Dan Snyder. And it, it has been such a blessing to see him one get kicked out to shown that everybody hated him because I told Zed and Derek this, but the petition that to get the Redskins name come back is go is getting quite high. And the fact that magic Johnson's already came out and said, Hey, I wouldn't mind bringing the name back. So let me, let me get this straight. So magic Johnson went ahead and bought in with the, um, with the, with the private uh, investment group to buy the Redskins. So basically it's owned by one guy, but he's representing basically an investment firm to buy the Redskins, which they already have. Yeah. Yep. Let me see. Uh, we had a we had a piece up about this. This is wild too, because that petition you're talking about, it's brought up by a group of Native Americans too. Yeah. This is the funny yeah. thing about it. Derek, I'm sending you a, a link right now. This right. came out last week and it has already tripled from the time that I wrote it. I'll I'll just go ahead and read a couple of paragraphs. Native American <gasps> Native American Guardians Association threatens to bud light the NFL's commanders if they don't change the name back to Redskins. A group called the Native American Guardians Association has threatened to organize a nationwide boycott of the NFL's Washington Commanders should they not revert back to their historical team name, the Washington Redskins. In in an official statement released on X, formerly known as Twitter, uh, that group, NAGA, stated that they sent a formal letter to the Washington Commanders' ownership and key leadership formally requesting the team revitalize its relationship with the American Indian community and rightfully change their name back to the Redskins. That you can go ahead and find at BoundingInTheSports.com. Isn't this funny? Isn't this funny that for you know, years what? it was primarily white liberals who didn't like football who said that this was – this was racist against Native Americans, despite the fact that the Redskins logo was created by a Native American artist. And now the people who will potentially bring this back, bring them back to their true name, their God-given name, happened to be the Native Americans that they said hated it so much. Based. <laughs> Based. You know, one thing I find funny and is that, you know, I, I have yet to meet a single person who has ever called this team the Commanders. <laughs> like I, do they call it the Washington, Washington football, football team <laughs> or a Washington football team? That sounds like a, a default no. like like like, like I, I I genuinely you're a never met skim. you're you're Washington like, football team. <laughs> like I've never met anyone that just like oh did you hear about the Washington football team and how they did their game? Uh, it's always the Redskins because that's their name. It always will be their name. There's no escaping it at this point. Like they're like just pretending that they're something else. It just doesn't work. I mean, yeah. I would love to hear from you know the the SPC community. Like, do you guys ever call it the Washington Football Team, or is it still Redskins for you guys? I mean, there's only even one. Even the answer, ones but, that are know. not in, even the ones that are not very much into sports or football. Everyone looked at this and was like, "This is this is a fucking joke." 
This is a joke. They are the Redskins. Every attempt to try and make it better has just made it worse. Bring back the cheerleaders. Bring back the freaking cheerleaders. People have said that <laughs> Dan Snyder was treating the cheerleaders badly. You want to know? It wasn't all this potential sexual harassment stuff. You know what it was? He let he fired them in a text message. Oh, wow. That's how yep. he let them go. He fired them in a text message the day that they announced that they were going to re- replace them with, like, the Sparkle Finger Gang. The, you know, the, the body Sparkle positivity. Finger the, Gang. Yeah, they're like the, bozzy, the body positivity. I call them the body Stasi. The body positivity uh, dance team. You and replace like, what you assume to be sexist by a sex thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You think they'll set the major Tutty mascot on, on fire? <laughs> well, that yeah, that's the thing. Our, our new mascot is a pig, which it does, it does go back to the days when you used to call our line the hogs, and we went, I that's think stupid. it was almost a full season without a sack, but... That's stupid. They're grasping. I, they're so, grasping. I, so I, wonder, I wonder how many times they're going to change that Redskins training camp tent in Sterling. How many times are going to change that tent with the name? Because yeah. it's like at first it was Redskins, and then I saw it was Washington football team. Yeah. Then changed it to the commanders. Like, tent, like how much money are they spending? It's going to be names? Spirit Halloween next. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, one, one thing I'll recommend is that, you know, if you – if if you're looking to make some easy money and you have Redskins memorabilia lying around, make like make sure to sell it before it it gets changed back to the Redskins inevitably because right now it's probably worth something. Uh, once it gets changed back, it'll be it'll be uh, worth not as much again. Well, it's ridiculous. So Sean, correct me if I'm wrong. In 2019, when Dan Snyder changed the name officially in 2020 from Redskins to Washington football team, which they only said was going to be a placeholder. It was a placeholder that was around for a couple seasons. He, he instead said that he was going to change and he made money from the team. And overnight when he made that decision, he said he wanted to make a majority of his income from the sales of merchandise. So what happened when he said that he was going to change the team name immediately, people start buying shit up selling it so all he did was he made more money dumping the merchandise that said redskins than he did from ticket sales and other revenue from the next couple of seasons wow that is some gangster shit i was one of those people and (laughs) like i like i told Derek. actually i looked up this was like a few days ago uh my redskin slippers they're worth two hundred dollars now, here's the big question, though, and this is an assumption right now, because all Magic Johnson said in, in there, as well as the, the new guy who's like the official owner. Uh, Josh really Harris. A, yeah, Josh Harris, who owns that. Who's, he owns that investment group, the Harris Investments. Yeah. Him and Magic Johnson said that they're open to changing it back. And everything indicates that they will go back to the Redskins. My question is, though, do they keep the Native American mascot? Because that is what they really said was it. It's like this is a sign of racism and colonialism and white purging and all this other stuff. And it was like, do they bring do they bring that back or do they make it different? Do they even show a person on there and do they not just show no anything else? Just restore it. Just restore it. At this point, it's just like it's like there's so many other things to be angry about in the world. It's like if you're focused on this, you have too much time. 
you have far too much time on your hands if you're upset about like the Redskins being offensive or something. No, the only reason why they changed it was because everybody hated Dan Snyder. So they had to figure out how to how to like push his fucking buttons. And he's like, okay, fine. Like just like what RJ said, okay, fine. You want me to change it? I'll be gangster and I'll get money from all this money. Okay, you wanna you wanna make force me to change the name because then I don't have a stadium FedEx or jerseys for my team Nike? Fine. I'll change it and look what happened. I mean, it, it, it only took like four more years and I don't know if anybody knows this, but I have a buy Dan Snyder beer that says 24 years of bitterness. <laughs> buy it. It's a good can. It, it, it's a good can. Derek destroyed it. Literally. Thanks for destroying the really Derek. I didn't think about it. I just crushed it when I was finished with it. <laughs> Bye, Dan. This, uh, th- this is such a weird. This is such a weird period in sports as a whole because not only will we get potentially knock on wood, potentially get the Redskins back, but the Oakland Athletics are finalizing everything to move over in baseball. They're finally over. Finally doing that. Um, the Brewers. In Milwaukee might be moving to Nashville within the next uh, five years. Like all this stuff is happening where basically it's like, you know, liberal, whether it's liberal policies economically, because the reasons why the brewers want to move to Nashville are not the same as the reasons why the, the athletics want to move to Vegas. Apart from the fact that they couldn't afford to have the city keep paying for the stadium. It was also the fact that it was crime ridden, crime ridden Oakland. And they'd rather yeah. go to Vegas. In Milwaukee's case, it's more of a shakedown in which they're like, do you want to spend $400 million to repair the stadium or are we just going to leave? Because people can say what they want about Milwaukee. Milwaukee is safe for the most part. Milwaukee, as far as big cities is concerned, I can let my wife walk the streets of Milwaukee and I know that she's going to be fine. Um, despite the fact that we did witness a drive-by last week, but that was, that was a whole other thing. I mean, it's one drive-by, okay? They get like one. Just one. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, this is, and, and this is why I'm glad that we talked about this and Michael Orr and everything. It's like everything that we talk on the show comes back to this. It's the hero's journey versus the victim's journey. It's having fun and looking at things that are genuinely creative and cool and bring people together versus this victim's bullshit in which they're constantly regurgitating crap for an audience that doesn't exist to appease people that don't like them to destroy things that we love simply because they want to make us unhappy. And people, my father, who's not a football fan was pissed off when they did this. And if they can bring it back, I'm telling you, I will buy a shit ton of Redskins gear. I have I I stopped supporting the Redskins back in like 2012 when Dan Snyder broke RG3. When he broke RG3, I was like, fuck this team. Fuck this team. I am done. When they broke him, I was done. And I was like, I'm Baltimore Ravens like all the way. So especially with my wife. But now if they can do this, I will buy Redskin shit. So just to expand on what RJ just said, basically how he broke RG3, essentially Dan Slyre as the owner decided, fuck no, Mike Shanahan, you put that motherfucker in there and he's going to play. Cool. Well, even way before that, Dan Snyder was like, you know what? I, yeah, I'm going to hire a general manager to 
so-called draft players, but you know what? It's really going to be me. Not only did he throw the farm to get uh, RG3, he put us into draft hell for our over 10 years just to get RG3 and then break him as he did. So essentially the team's been screwed and we could have probably got rid of Dan Snyder sooner if he didn't so-called either bite the farm trying to get RG3 or breaking him. If well, Dan now, Snyder hadn't sold the Redskins, he totally would have brought back Michael Orr. <laughs> we know you've been retired for seven years. That's a million years in seasons. We need we a part it- two. <laughs> we need a part two blindside. <laughs> part two blindside. Dan oh Snyder God. is fired. <laughs> and he's about to find out that not having a football team ain't so great. <laughs> But it gets better because he's joined by his plucky sidekick, Michael Orr from the blind side. I'm not as stupid. <laughs> well, Matt and Trey, are you listening? <laughs> you know what's funny is he's he's struggling to sell his million dollar home in uh what is it, Potomac? Yeah. Yeah, it, it, no one wants to buy it because he's like trying to make up for the fact that oh he he had to like uh, I forget okay, how, to, how to like, wrap to wrap it up. He should have somebody come in and die in the home. So then more people are focused on that than the fact that Dan Snyder lived in. It. Wait, wait. If he dies, if someone dies in the home, it's a kid cheaper. Oh yeah, thank you. It'll help him sell it faster. Listen, I need a homeless man to die in here. Yeah, thanks, Derek. <laughs> Everyone in Potomac, why is all the property value going down? <laughs> yeah, people just have to die. Oh my gosh. Uh, well, guys, we covered a ton of shit tonight. Thank you so much for, for joining us. And uh, just remember, folks, if you enjoyed this conversation and more with the degenerate panel, we do these episodes monthly. You can go ahead and listen to them over on patreon.com slash second print pod. And uh, while you're at it, I mean, when we do release these episodes publicly, they're typically behind the paywall. We still keep the video up. So this is a whole preview of what you could be getting over there. All of this, all of that. Yeah, everything, everything. Zed, take your top off. Um, So please go ahead and support us for as little as $5 a month. That's a a cup of coffee. And, uh, you know, keep, keep this going. Mark and I put everything back into the show. And because we only have a couple weeks left, all of you helped me raise $1,300 for Tap Cancer Route. It's a jiu-jitsu nonprofit. I'll be competing with my bum ankle at the Chicago Open in, uh, in October. You helped me raise that money in a week, so to say thank you. Uh, we're doing a special where if you jump in at uh, any – if you jump in at $5 or if you're a current patron you and you increase your patronage, you'll go ahead and get a signed poster from either Mark or myself. If you live in the continental United States, I'm talking to you, Ariel in Colombia. Sorry about that, but I still get to talk about you. And uh, not only will you get that, but I'll donate a dollar out of pocket to the Gary Sinise Foundation. It's one of my favorite charities that uh, provides uh, support to military veterans and their families. You can go ahead and learn more about them, about uh, what they do at the Gary Sinise Foundation.org. But uh, because we're we're running low, here's what I'm going to do. Um, only two of you have taken me up on that within the past month. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and uh, add 10% to that, which means I'll donate 
20 bucks. But if we get more people, if we get up to 10 people, I will still add 10% to it. So let's do something good. It's good for you. It's good for us. And it goes to a great organization, one that I personally donated to for the past seven years. I love the Gary Sinise Foundation. So, you know, to wrap it up, we're taking things one day at a time, moving on up in the world. And if there's one thing I have to remind you, it's this. Derek, help me out. Read comics. Read comics. Change the world. Good night, America. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.